We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We'll open the show with some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. Netflix's live-action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender has cast Paul Sun Hung Lee as Uncle Iroh. Also announced were Lim K. Su as Gatso and Ken Lung as Commander Zhao. The trio joins previously announced cast members Gordon Comier uh, as Aang, uh, Kai Wintio as Katara, Ian Ousley as Sokka, Dallas Liu as Zuko, and Daniel Day Kim as Fire Lord Ozai. Another casting announced this week was Delroy Lindo, who has joined Mahershala Ali in Marvel Studios' Blade. No word on whom Lindo will be playing, although speculation is that it could be Jamal Afari, the character in comics who raised and mentored Blade. And if you don't recognize him, don't worry, because in the movies, they changed him to Whistler and cast Chris Christopherson. New trailers dropped this week for season six of The Expanse and Spider-Man No Way Home. You can view them on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on, excuse me, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. The Expanse returns December 10th for its sixth and final season on Amazon Prime. Spider-Man No Way Home opens in theaters on December 17th. A Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, balloon made its debut at Macy's Balloon Fest in Queens, New York, on November 13th, this in preparation for Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The event was a test flight for the giant balloons that became a signature of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1927. Handlers took the balloons out for an outdoor trial run to get experience flying the newest additions to the iconic holiday event. According to Macy's, the balloon measures up to 41 feet tall, 29 feet long, and 37 feet wide. Some anniversaries this week as Close Encounters of the Third Kind opened in theaters 44 years ago on, sorry, on November 16, 1977. The Star Wars Holiday Special aired 43 years ago on November 17, 1978. The Justice League animated series debuted on Cartoon Network 20 years ago on November 17, 2001. And Mickey Mouse made his first appearance in the animated short Steamboat Willie 93 years ago on November 18, 1928. 
Marvel's Eternals continued at number one at last weekend's box office. In its second weekend in release, the film earned $27.5 million. Eternals crossed the $100 million mark in the United States and Canada and has now grossed over $301 million worldwide. Ghostbusters Afterlife garnered $4.5 million in Thursday preview screenings. The film took in another $16.5 million on Friday and is expected to overtake Eternals for first place this weekend with projected earnings in the $40 million range. And uh, let me tell you, they had to uh, raise those projections because the film started doing better than expected. And before I introduce the panel for today's discussion, here is the official spoiler-free FF review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. Ghostbusters Afterlife is a sequel to the 1984 movie. It feels closer to that film than either the actual sequel, Ghostbusters 2, or the 2016 reboot. And it takes the audience to a place closer to the original, too. There's nothing new about this film. The whole thing is largely a collection of redux scenes fans of the first movie will recognize. Part of that is surely because writer-director Jason Reitman understands the most likely chance the movie has for success is to emulate the classic. It's a time-honored Hollywood formula that has worked before, and Reitman is familiar as his pedigree is that his father is director Ivan Reitman. In fact, this familial connection didn't hurt in getting the movie made and is an element upon which the studio is relying to garner a larger audience. Ivan Reitman is a producer on this picture. None of that is a problem because this is a movie for the fans. If you liked Ghostbusters, then you'll probably enjoy Ghostbusters Afterlife. Callie and her kids, 15-year-old Trevor and 12-year-old Phoebe, are down on their luck. Having just been evicted from their apartment, Callie learns that her estranged dad has died and left her his farm in the Midwest. With nowhere else to go, the family moves to the farm where they discover that Callie's dad was one of the Ghostbusters who saved New York City back in the mid-1980s. Soon, they realize the same spectral forces that menace New York have returned in this small town to threaten the safety of the entire world. Ghostbusters Afterlife stars Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Carrie Coon, and Paul Rudd. You'll recognize Wolfhard from Stranger Things and McKenna Grace from The Handmaid's Tale. Logan Kim, Celeste O'Connor, and Bokeem Woodbine appear in supporting roles. And there are cameos from original stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts. There is a terrific nod to the late Harold Ramis. McKenna Grace really stood out for me in this movie. She's an exceptional young actress with a really bright future. Of course, Paul Rudd is his usual Paul Ruddy self and delivers as expected. Despite the derivative nature of the material, this was a fun family movie. It doesn't require a great deal of thought. In fact, you really don't want to think too hard about what's going on as it will create questions that will detract from your enjoyment of the movie. Jason Reitman crafts an entertaining tale along with screenwriter Gil Keenan. 
And it borrows so much from Ghostbusters that Aykroyd and Ramis actually get writing credits too. But the viewer is drawn into the story about Carrie and her kids in a sneaky backhanded way. I came to feel for them as they were plucked from urban life and dropped into the middle of nowhere trying to adapt. And the film ultimately offers an affirmation of the closeness of family and loyalty of friendship that some will find compelling and satisfying. With a runtime of two hours and four minutes, it doesn't require much investment. And things move along at a brisk pace, so you probably won't be checking the time. It's rated PG-13 with minimal harsh language and just a bit of sexual innuendo, but nothing untoward. Take your kids with confidence. There's a wonderful sense of nostalgia generated by this movie, and I enjoyed it despite its numerous shortcomings. The tribute to the late Harold Ramis even brought tears to my eyes. Most likely to be enjoyed by fans of the first movie. Two stars out of four. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it, the official, spoiler-free, FF review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which just opened yesterday in theaters. So, today we're talking about another recent release. It is Denis Villeneuve's Dune. And joining me for this discussion are Shireen Nicole and Roberto Ortiz and Mike Lunsford. Welcome to the show, everybody. Glad to be here. For having me. Hello. Well, we are delighted to have everybody as always. Before we get into it, I did want to just ask you all, and I'm not trying to go down the rabbit hole here, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. But a uh, couple of couple of new releases uh, this week. Uh, the Wheel of Time and Cowboy Bebop. And I was just wondering, as I know Roberto is a big Cowboy Bebop fan. Anime. I was wondering. The yeah, anime. The, okay. Let me be very uh, look, look, specific here. You, the uh, anime. Yeah, look, I understand, but you are a fan. Or, I mean, are you or are you not a fan of Cowboy Bebop? I'm a Bebop? huge fan of the anime. That's why I'm dreading Okay, it. look, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not making any distinction here. Oh, you have I mean, to. Oh, well. you must. Oh, yes. You you cannot confuse Cowboy Bebop, the anime, by the great Watanabe Shinjiro with that piece of I don't know what that Netflix just rolled out on its screens. Yeah. Have, have you seen it, Shireen? Do I sound like I've seen it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I truly don't know. I mean, you're... Not, not only did I see it, I previewed it, and I did a whole episode on why it's not good. And let me be clear. There is a difference between a bad adaptation and a bad series, like Oof. bad pieces of television making. This is not only a bad adaptation, but it is a bad piece of television. Oh my God! That's, okay. Whoa. Well, there you go. That that's I, all. I, all I was asking is if there was a basis for your disdain. For you know, and there is. There's some I people am never arbitrary. There's some people in New Zealand and in Hollywood saying. Why? Why are my ears burning? Good God! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> now, there are people. Now there are people who like that flaming asteroid of Cal Patty, and they are perfectly welcome to their opinions. However, I know trash when I see it. Mm. Well, uh, Shireen, let me ask you this, because uh, I am completely unfamiliar with Cowboy Bebop. Oh wow! And yeah, well, yeah. Look, fix I, I, that. It's hey, a great anime. Uh. Hey, uh, Roberto, my friend. Uh, I bailed, or, or excuse me, new anime it, to me is 
Space Pirate Captain Harlock. Holy <laughs> cow! That's, that's, that's new to me. That's from the, the 70s. The, the anime that I knew was Speed Racer and Gigantor Six Six and Six Prince Planet and Eighth Man. And if you want to stretch it a little bit, uh, Space Cruiser uh, Yamoto and Gotcha Man. That's 80s. You know? Oh, my God. Gotcha Man 70s. Hey, Yuli, look. That I, was... That, as somebody that, who loves you, as a friend, come to the light look, and, 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 and try the anime. This, I, I, is, this, is, this is a whole nother show, honestly, because I, I don't know that... And I, I, I may check out Cowboy Bebop, but I got to tell you, from what I have seen of a lot of more modern anime... There, it's it. Excuse me. To borrow a phrase from Julian Lytle, it's not for me. No, no. But here's oh a, my no, gosh. no. You, Yuli, <laughs> seriously. Julie, Cowboy Julie Bebop. Would never tell you that about Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop so is okay. one of the most no, influential look, look. animes I'm, in recent memory. You. This is to, me. It's not him. No, I'm but, just borrowing the phrase, but, and he's what he says about things that. sometimes. It's not for me. No, I mean, oh, no, and I didn't say Cowboy Bebop specifically. All I said was a lot of the modern anime that I have seen Cowboy is not Bebop's, for me. Cowboy Bebop's not new. It's from the 90s. Well, and, uh, and, but that, the, that is that you heard my version of anime. I know. You know so yes, much. Ulysses, well, but we are unwilling to allow you to miss out on the greatness that is Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy, well, I, yes, I appreciate she's, that. She's absolutely so, right because the thing you have to understand about Cowboy Bebop in terms of storytelling, it's one of the most groundbreaking Japanese animation shows because they did not do any of the traps that you usually see on Japanese anime. They broke them old and they did something completely original and new. And there hasn't been anything like that, seriously, okay. since, right, well, since then. Uh, so uh, ground, uh, clearly... It's popular because now they've adapted it into a TV Bandit. show on Netflix. Yeah, no, I understand that. But look, so so th th this some was some people like it. Listen, but you know, but some people just like anything anime. Yeah. Well, now, but this was my question. This was my question, and I I, I shouldn't even ask it because really I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway because now I'm just I think it's funny to hear what you all are going to say. But um, all right. So as somebody who has no knowledge of experience with Cowboy Bebop. Um, is there any reason why I shouldn't watch the TV show? And I'm not suggesting because it's that I wouldn't ultimately your impression go, of it. Well, yeah, but... It, the, the, it, it, okay, here's the thing. If there is a subpar product yeah. somewhere, I mean, a TV show or a novel or a movie or whatever, and then there is the higher quality version of yeah. it you know let's say um a uh, okay the sci-fi channel adaptation of dune versus 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 the actual for oh come on no, like no, no 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 the sci-fi channel version it was crap no it was it was no it was no crap. no no it was no, crap. no 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 okay fighting words all of trash children of dune is trash the thing is that wait, wait, wait. My point is <laughs> that if there is something that it, you want to watch the subpar version, no. if you're going to watch it no, at all no, no, before no, you no, watch no, the no, high no, 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 no. So my feeling would be that if I was going to watch the Netflix Cowboy Bebop 
before I watched the anime Cowboy watch Bebop. Anime. They have okay. it on Netflix. Well, no, but if I watch the anime, if what's the gonna, point of watching the TV show? Because it will show you why They're we're... completely different. Exactly. They're completely different, and I'll tell you why. It is as different as bounty hunters and assassins. It is as different as found family and a bunch of jerks getting together to be miserable together. They're, they are fundamentally different. It's the difference between an exuberant, joyful, gender non-conforming girl and a scary, pippy, long-stocking, screaming child. The, the, those are the different. They are so fundamentally different. They mm. are wearing the same clothes, mm. wow. but they are so fundamentally different that it's mind-boggling. Now, again, a lot of people don't agree with that, but again, a lot of people just like anime. And sometimes when you love a property, you don't care what form it takes. But I am telling you here today, if I had never seen a episode of Cowboy Bebop in my life, if I had never heard of Cowboy Bebop a day in my life, and I'd watched this series, I would say, what did they drag John Cho into? This thing is terrible. Mm. Well, and it's funny because you mentioned... it's not only badly adapted, it is poorly made. The 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 angles, the the cinematography, the 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 color grading, the characters, the dialogue, the 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 production design. When I tell you from me from me as a, a as a cinephile and a and a critic that this thing is terrible, I'm telling you it's terrible. And Was there to- anything that you liked about it? I liked when it ended a lot. <laughs> but you Wait, wait. Hold that thought. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole and Roberto Ortiz. And I think Mike Lunsford, I'm pretty sure Mike's still out there somewhere. I haven't heard from him in a while, but we've been very I passionate. Might be, hey, I Mike. might be here. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have a horse in this race though, because the only exposure I've had to Cowboy Bebop was it's one of the only animes that I ever really watched actively. Because when I there back in the day back back in my twenties when I was working in retail, I was like the closing manager for Blockbuster. So I would be at work until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. When I would get home, that was on Cartoon Network, and I would just like flip it on. And I'm like, huh? And I got wrapped up in it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. There I was you never go. a huge anime fan. Never had anything against anime though, but I really enjoyed it. And honestly, like I trust the. Sh- I almost said a bad word. I caught myself. I, I trust Shireen implicitly when, with her yeah. reviews. Same thing with Roberto. If they're telling me to stay away from this anime, this new show on Netflix based on this show that I really enjoyed that was really one of my only ventures into anime, I'm staying away from it. I, and Yuli, one of the things you have to understand of why we're so passionate about Cowboy Bebop is no, no, that... No, you, you made the point no, about no, but, how groundbreaking but, it was. No, no, I, I'm serious. I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on this. But last this. point. It was last ju- point. Okay, last, last point. point. The, the world building on not only the storytelling the mm-hmm. way they did the world building on the show it's one of the most clever ever inven- it, it reminded me of Star Wars in the fact that in Star Wars when they drop you in the universe they give you no explanation they just drop you Blop. and you have to well, figure out well except for the scroll no but after the scroll you have to understand basically well but that kind of co- neatly summarizes everything <laughs> but the cool thing about Cowboy Bebop is that the concept of the bounty hunters, the concept of the the fact that it's in one solar system, the fact that you 
This is an awful long last point. No, no, but but that's the thing. That's what's so engaging about it. And what feels about the, the adaptation that they're doing is that they just took the, the thing that worked from the show and they didn't bring anything new. This is the definition of being a hack. Mm-hmm. Can I just say one thing? It's one sentence. Yes, please. From the from the bad reviews about it, you will be tempted to go with the it's not that bad syndrome because yeah. when you see it, nothing is ever as bad as a really bad review. Go into it like you never heard a bad review, and then you'll see. No, look, I, I I'm actually with Mike. I, I trust you guys. My question had been, was there really a reason to what to look at it at all? And because I'll tell you what, because you just mentioned John Cho, I happened to have been listening to NPR yesterday uh, evening. And they were talking to John Cho about it. And I was just, I mean, I hadn't been curious about it before, but I sort of got a little curious. And it's like, oh, this thing, it's premiered on Netflix? Eh, maybe it's worth a look. But I tell you what, I'm not going to look at it now based on what you all are saying. Did he mention that they had his family hostage and that's why he did the show? (laughs) He didn't say anything about that. All right, well, what about Wheel of Time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Will of Time is very good. A lot of people don't like it, and I think that's because it is both highly multicultural and women-led. Yeah. Hmm. You'll find shows that have that combination of things. There's some bias against views. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some bias against them. Also, people are expecting Game of Thrones, and the thing you have to understand that it is a massive difference between George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time yeah. is that Game of Thrones is a historical drama with a smattering of fantasy thrown in. And, that is the and cynical as yeah. hell. Don't forget that part. The show yeah. at its core is through one through. It's about the worst of human nature. Bingo. So and Wheel of Time yeah. is a more and optimistic Time, show. No, it is not optimistic. No. What Wheel of Time is. But it's not is, a cynical. You're, you got to let me finish. That was Roberto. I'm sorry. Point. Yes. <laughs> what Will of Time is is epic fantasy, yeah. true epic fantasy. So you have you you have a very different engine running it. Mm-hmm. You have the party. You have the party splitting up. You have various parts of the party getting back together and going on new quests. And so that is the difference. The only th- so you really shouldn't compare Game of Thrones and Will of Time. But of course, a TV audience is going to have a different mindset from a speculative fiction reading mm-hmm. audience. So that would be the thing. If you want to talk about production, they're both beautiful. The creatures in Game of Thrones look a little better because they had fewer creatures. Will of Time is dealing with more stuff. And I think it is well worth the watch. It has a hell of a budget, by the way. It's $10 million. Yeah, $10 million per episode. Yes, yes. I know. Cool. God. And, ah. it, and you can see it because they are they are in real environments and it is just beautiful it's smartly written the 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 world building is great but it is brutal it is it is it is not it is not optimistic it's not pretty it is a brutal world but where there are witch hunters so to speak and and just all manner of terrible things including nasty curses all right but it, so in other words though uh, to to summarize what you have said here Take a pass on Netflix's Cowboy Bebop, but check out Wheel of Time. Yeah. Yes. Just go back and watch the original Cowboy Bebop series and yep. then watch the film and just do that repeatedly. How many uh, How many years of the original Cowboy Bebop? One. One season. Really? 20, 
I think 26 episodes. Get out! That's yes. it? Yeah, it's not good. Wow. 26 episodes. Okay. It's it didn't need another a, season, it, honestly. It did not. There's actually the wow. movie. It's like very good concentrated coffee. The episodes are not even that long. They're like 20. minutes. Yeah. Hmm. And they're really good. It's The storytelling is amazingly on point. Very well written. The world building is amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I may take a chance on that. I mean, I the last time, <laughs> the last time I tried to watch some new anime, it was because uh, so, somebody told me how great Akira was. And I oh, watched. I was like, this that's ain't a, so great. <laughs> you didn't like Akira? <sighs> Not really. No. I mean, it was extremely well animated. I mean, it was just, it was. It was, I mean, and this is part of the reason that I don't look at modern anime. It's weird. Please tell me. It's okay. weird. Okay, Yuli, Yuli, have you, you know? seen Akira's from the 80s? Okay, I'm scared here. Have yeah. you seen? <laughs> if I didn't mention it, I haven't seen uh, it. Have you seen anything by Hayao Miyazaki? I'm sorry, who? You've seen Miyazaki films for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, like uh, Seven Samurai and, and that stuff. No. Oh, cause uh, yeah, okay. Now I don't know who you're talking about. The animator, Studio Ghibli. Yes. Okay. Had, we've had episodes. How, how Moving's Castle. Now nope, the Valley of, of the Wind. Never heard oh my, of it. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Never heard of any I'm, of that stuff. I, yeah. I, <laughs> like I said, that's that's. No, 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 wait. Oh, Thank you. Wait, why is there people outside the studio I'm with torches? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm done. I I can't. <laughs> You no, like, look, I, I I don't like modern anime. It's just it, as no, Julian no, Lytle has no, to borrow okay. a phrase. No, no, it's no, not for me. Don't borrow a phrase from Julian <laughs> when talking about Watanabe or Miyazaki. You cannot. Miyazaki. Be displeased. Miyazaki is not uh, anime. No, I mean it, all I'm just saying is it's not it's not for me. I mean, like, Akira, we that one for me. We have episodes of your own show where we have done nothing but talk about Miyazaki. What? Are you talking about? I can't remember what episodes those are. It was live in the studio. You, no wonder you made me host that episode. <laughs> well, there you go. I, was was I actually on the panel for that show? You thank, thank the forces of nature. No, you were not. Well, there listen, you go. Listen to me. Listen there to me. you go. Akira That's why. And, yeah. and Cowboy Bebop are nothing alike. It, they're they're not even they're not no. even remotely similar. Because what you've got in Cowboy Bebop is something I think you'd like very much. It is about a group of bounty hunters who become a found family yes. and, and, and go through kind of reconciling themselves to their past and, and who they are becoming. And it is set to a brilliant jazz score by a woman yes. composer whose name I can't remember right now, but brilliant. It is it it is conceived by a, a woman writer, I do believe, and then of course filled out. But it is, and and that's why that's the problem with American adaptations. American adaptations Americanize things, yeah, mm, and they mm. don't understand the beauty of Japanese storytelling, which is singular. I'm not talking about Asian storytelling. I'm talking about Japanese storytelling. Yeah. It's specific. And they don't understand how to do something softly and gently. That's how you have bounty hunters become assassins, where there's nothing but bullets raining. I call Netflix's Cowboy Bebop Quentin Tarantino's Cowboy yes, Bebop. Yes, thank the you. First draft. 
because that's what it it, it, it just it it has no relation. But you, Ulysses, would probably like Cowboy Bebop a great deal because it's smart, it's engaging storytelling, and it builds character. I, and it's funny. Interested. Remember the it episode is, when they tried to capture Einstein? Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, there's an episode that uh, well, is, uh, has to no, be one of the funniest this, things a, a I've different seen. Different show. I mean. they, they were a different episode. <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, again. Again. Uh, so, pass on Netflix Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Uh, watch the anime Cowboy Bebop and watch a uh, Wheel of Time, which I believe is on Amazon Prime. Yes. Okay. And also, people, it's not Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is completely different beast. It's Basically, historic, as they, they said, historical fantasy with very light on the fantasy, to be blunt. Uh, the whole, the, the way they ended the show tell me what they cared about. And by them basically thinking that the Wild Walker menace was not as important as the politics tells me that they didn't get the point of the story at all. So they didn't get the point of the very story that they were writing. Actually, yeah. Because they were but adapting someone it. someone who did is Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's a good segue. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, we, we uh, hey, I tried several times, but this guy just did not want to stop talking about uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I can tell you why I don't want to stop talking about Denis Villeneuve. Are we pronouncing yeah. the name right? Yes, it is Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yes, and I, I took great pains to make sure that I was pronouncing that man's n name correctly after I butchered it so long going up to the actual film. So, yeah, I, I really liked it, to tell you the truth. I mean, and, you know, versus, particularly versus the other versions of this. Uh, I mean, because I, I read the book. In fact, I didn't just read the book. I mean, I, I still remember Dune when it was a when it was a trilogy. Uh, but wow. I read Dune and I read Children of Dune wow. and I read God Emperor Dune, and uh, you know, it was I, I, I still a very interesting experience. I, in fact, so much so that I'm looking for something beyond. Uh, the initial Dune because I want to see people's faces when Duncan Idaho comes back. You know, it's kind of like, oh, oh wait. wait. Yeah. Oh, well, well, well. <laughs> We're going to spoilers of the story before we go on because if you don't want to know what happens next in Dune, a story that is quite old, by the way, stop listening. Don't ever tell people to stop listening to the show. <laughs> 19, right, right. Yeah. But 1964, I believe, is when Dune came out. Is that right? 64, 65? Actually... I he it was very believe it or not Dune was heavily influenced by the JFK presidency. This is the words came straight from Frank Herbert, so it has to be after Kennedy. Well, it was 1965. Yeah, August August of 1965 was the uh, initial publication, and so it was published in two separate serials in. Analog Magazine, wow. which is uh, one of the cool. uh, oldest and most popular science fiction magazines. So, yeah, but I, I, I hadn't realized, uh, well, I, I'm a fan of the 1984 version. I love that version, too. Um, David yeah, Lynch. Yeah, yes. Exactly, yeah. But I hadn't realized how far, because uh, David Lynch kind of strayed away from the original source material. Uh, and this was a truer adaptation yes. of the Well, he encapsulated. Of the book. It's not so much that he strayed, is that he stuffed 
something vast into a very narrow time period. And he introduced elements, yes, of the other books, like the terraforming of Dune into the first movie. So, right. yeah, he added a lot that was going to come in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so uh, yes. pushed it all together into two hours. Yeah. I mean, and additionally, too, like, let's talk about, like, you hired David Lynch to do something, and then you get <laughs> mad when he goes David Lynch on it. Like, <laughs> like he's got a brand. And like that—that's the thing that got. Oh, well, I don't understand his interpretation. Then you don't get David Lynch. I mean, what right. the hell happened with that Baron and all that weird stuff? Good God! That was not that weird. <laughs> yeah. no. Okay, explain the cat to me. The cat. The cat. Wasn't what that the heck in the was book? It? No. The... That wasn't in the book. No. I don't remember the cat. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. I don't remember. It. <laughs> yeah, your your well, brain is protecting you from you, that memory. You know, and 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 we'll get on to that in the second half of the show. Uh, of course, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the ongoing operation of the radio station. Please visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Media, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org to find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift today. And you want to get that in under the wire so you can deduct it next year. Uh, give early, give often. Anyway, so look, we are going to pause momentarily to acknowledge those same underwriters and sponsors. We're also going to promote some of the other fine WERA programs coming up later tonight. But stick around because we still got more. In fact, we're actually getting to Dune here on Fantastic Forum in the second half. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole and Mike Lunsford and Roberto Ortiz. And at the conclusion of the first <laughs> half of the show, we were actually just getting into talking about Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Dune. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the wondrous, epic spectacle that it is. And it, it really is. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not joking. So um, we had uh, talked a little bit about, because of course, the David Lynch uh, 1984 movie and uh, Mike, you were cracking me up talking about that because yeah, people got mad. It's like you, you get David Lynch. You, what you said, you get David Lynch to direct this thing, and then you get mad he because he's to, David Lynch. And he know? was supposed to direct Star Wars too. You knew that? I didn't know that. He was, yeah. I didn't know that. Jeepers. Yeah. So. Um, well, it makes sense because a lot of people. I don't know if you guys remember when the first teaser trailer for this Dune adaptation came out. A bunch of fans were screaming and whining about how it's just a ripoff of Star Wars. 
Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. Frank Herbert did not use his time machine to go forward in time. Uh, in actuality, George Lucas was greatly inspired by Dune. Not only Dune, yeah. But Arrakis, you know, uh, there is a lot of the, the clone stuff is all there. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so it. So that's something that a lot of fans should know is that no, it is not inspired by Star Wars. It is the inspiration, uh, one of the inspirations for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Shireen, that would mean that people can't have hot takes on the internet, and we can't oh, have that. <laughs> oh, I, I apologize. I shouldn't. I shouldn't I... take away their fire sticks. <laughs> <laughs> what else are they going to get mad about? <laughs> oh, they'll find something. <laughs> they always do. Delph, I mean, just the fact that things are changing is enough for some people. You know, they're ruining my childhood is the uh, is the call, the common cry that you hear. But Those are the people who never read the book, you know? Like, Ever. <laughs> didn't know there was a book. <laughs> I didn't know it It's a book? <laughs> just makes... like the people who got mad at Neil Gaiman because he made his desire character non-binary when the desire character was always non-binary. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, people are having a problem with that? Really? Of course they are. Duh. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's just like, oh, they, they made Rue black in the movie, you know? Rue like... was black in the books, but... <laughs> Please don't let logic discourage your ire. Yeah, it's, your, it's, your it's, interpretation of your work doesn't fit with the way I imagined it. Well, that is unfortunate. You, <laughs> you know, you know what really uh, stuck my crow when right-wing commentators basically starting embracing Dune. I was like, do you understand the point of the story? <laughs> no, they do. They don't know where no. it's going. You guys, no, you guys do realize that you're the bad guys, right? Like, <laughs> Like, like that's you, like Baron Harkonnen floating in the oil. Like, you don't nothing, really nothing. <laughs> it's like you, you're the ones with the baby cuffs. That's you. The baby cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I got Wait, that reference. We, we <laughs> have we have baby sized handcuffs. <laughs> are, are we the bad guys? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but here's the thing. Since mm-hmm. we all know where the story is going, how do you think our people are going to react once we get to Dune Messiah? Well, I don't know that we're going to actually get to Dune Messiah, but what I would sort of like to know, and you can start, <laughs> oh, Roberto, we're get there. is uh, what did you like most about Denis Villeneuve's version? The world building. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that... He made some fantastic casting decisions. The kid who plays uh, uh, Paul, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Duncan Idaho, fantastic. I am glad that basically Jason Momoa got that plump part, and somebody must have told him, "You better take this role because you'll <laughs> be employed for a while. Take this role." <laughs> and I love the fact that he played the character. He Compared to the David Lynch version, this Duncan Idaho, I was like, yeah, I can understand why A, this guy's a beast, and B, why he's like this arrow. Reminded me of one of those swashbucklers characters from the 1930s, you know, like uh, Captain Blood, that he was greater than life, and Jason Momoa got it, that you're supposed, a Duncan Idaho has to be something, a person who's memorable and larger than life. And I really liked him as a as a character, and it's like, I I appreciated 
that um, the Duncan Idaho character a lot. I, all the characters basically. Well, were great. he had more to do than Richard Jordan had in the 1984 version. Yeah, but Richard, don't, uh, I hate to oh, say. Oh, Richard but, Jordan was a he was top flight actor. Yes, he was, but yeah. he played those. For example, there wasn't I, a lot there, you guys. Yeah, yeah that's what I was saying. He didn't have okay, a lot. Okay, but Patrick so Stewart did a great role know. with playing Gurney in the David Lynch version. He was. He way had a lot more to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had mm. the he he took the dogs away. He took care of the dogs. He had Come a on. lot more to do. You know. Okay. Hey, Shireen, Shireen, what, what Actually, Mike, you haven't said as much. Well, what what did you like most about the Denis Villeneuve version? I mean, there really wasn't anything I didn't. Like. <laughs> um, I. I enjoy I enjoyed this so much because there was so much to there was so much right about this. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I first off, I I'm not on I'm not up on movies as much as uh the rest of the panel. Um but like Timothy Chalamet, I had never seen him in anything before. And like I was blown away at how good an actor that kid is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that scene when he's in the tent with his mom and just ripping into her like that was like just like pure utter rage that like he just managed to capture that and like you could see that coming through and like in a lesser actor's hands that's a ham-fisted scene yes and he yes. nailed yes. that he he understood the assignment of paul he really did yeah he he really did there's this the scene where he's looking at the like the digital map thing like the 3d depiction and that hunter seeker comes yes. out for him and like he's like standing there like perfectly still and you're just like wait a minute he's kind of a badass all right all right let's see what this kid's gonna do like you could see that like all of these things that had been shaping him to be this character to be who he is to be the son of uh of duke leto like it was all coming in together and you were like oh 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 okay all right this kid's not just like some like child who's in danger like he might be able to hold his own here like it's and again too the problem is, is i've read the books i've watched the, sh- the movies i've seen the the sci-fi series so like it's not foreign to me but watching this is was just like all right yeah. they're really hitting on this stuff the way it's supposed to it felt exactly the way i thought it should feel but then also too like i didn't go see it in the theaters like so many of y'all did but like watching Why? this on my because I'm not a huge theater person. Oh my yet. god! Again, because of pandemic, I'm not really ready to go back to the movie theater. You have to risk mm-hmm. your life for this movie. No, it's, you do not. Risk no, your life. It's you, worth Shireen. it. Thank you, Shireen. And and peer and pressure. I'll tell you another thing. Yeah, no, not gonna happen. <laughs> um, because honestly, I like having my headphones on. I like being able to read the subtitles. I like having it right in front of me, right there. Watching this on my laptop, it was immersive, and yeah. that says a lot. Like, I didn't look at my phone. I wasn't distracted by anything else. I was sucked into this movie. And that just shows how well this was shot, how much detail was paid attention to when it came to every single facet of it. Yeah. I love the way the tech in the in the movie looked. I love the way the vehicles looked. Like, all of it. Like, there was there, – I, I didn't have any critique. And that makes me feel bad in a way because I didn't see anything wrong with it. But I can't find any any fault in it other than Dave Batista. But like God bless What's wrong with him? He tries he tries hard. He in felt every like role the he does. Harkonnen, though. Yes, he thank it. you. Yes, you know, he did. There, there's not, a reason why they call him the Beast Ravan. He's supposed Oh no, I think he I think his casting was perfect. I think that he is the guy to do it. But every single time I see him, I'm like, Dave, you've got like one setting and it's like twelve, <laughs> dude. But that's awesome. Like you do you. Like 
<laughs> but like I, I thought I thought Jason Momoa, like that's the first time I've seen Jason Momoa in something where I was like, wow. Thank you. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, his Duncan is really strong. Yeah. And the way he and, died. And that bond between Duncan and Paul yeah. is so believable and, and so tangible, you know? Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, a spoiler from the book, uh, the reason he survives the rest of the series, I'm sorry for interjecting, is because they, when he killed those Sardukar on the hallway, that impressed the Sardukar so much because that didn't happen in that universe. Yeah, you um, didn't just beat the freaking emperor's personal guard. You know, I, I mean, he sad, killed like, I mean, they I mean, were... like 12 oh, yeah. by himself. Yeah, well, well you know, and that was just there. You know, warriors in the universe. Yeah. But let, yeah. me, let me tell y'all what I did not like. Go. Cool. Mm -hmm. And then I'll tell y'all what I did like because I'm an assertive woman. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> but, but, but before you do that, I just need to remind before. everybody that you're listening to Fantastic <laughs> Forum on WERA 96.7. FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Mike Lunsford and Shireen Nicole. And Shireen Nicole was getting ready to assert herself yet again. Please, Shireen. She shall persist. So um, <laughs> what I did not like... The one thing that I really did not like that is new to this film uh -huh. are the freaking bagpipes. What? Mm. In I, I, hell I can explain those that. Bagpipes? I can explain no, that. I can explain it. I can explain it. That's okay. Please. I should not entertain it. I can explain it. That's okay. You know why? Maybe the bagpipes. Shireen, keep going. I will. I shall continue. Okay. Because they didn't make sense once you make this a Spanish family. Once you have a Spanish house, bagpipes don't make sense. Give me the Spanish guitar. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, what I did, I liked much of the same stuff that Mike liked. I really loved the production design, absolutely brilliant production design from taking uh, the, the dragonfly uh, and really yes. making it. Oh, yeah, for the orna ornithopter, yeah. From yes. The, Akin, the, the, the capital city being based on Aztec um, um, architecture. Yeah. So smart for a desert city, right? And so you've got all of these beautiful things. I think the cast was perfectly done. There's some things that I um, had problems with, like politically. Y'all can read that in my review. Okay. But overall, I just think this is a brilliant version of Dune. And people need to know that this is just the first third of the first book. Yeah. So if it feels like you dropped off a cliff, that is why. But I also really love the little changes that, that Denis Villeneuve made because what happens with those little changes is people, uh, is people like us get to have surprises. Yep. We get to have moments of, wait a minute, mapes cannot be dead. Mapes cannot be dead. You know, we get to have those amazing moments. Kinds, no. You know, so we get to have those things. And I thought they were very smart because some of the changes, for example, in the book, Jessica has Paul because of love. She wants to give Dupleto a son uh, out of love. In, in this film, it is because she is seeking the legend. And that is a very small change, but it is a change that allows you as an audience who may not know Dune to understand the mechanics of this world better. It is a very smart piece of filmmaking. And the yeah. problems exist 
because the problems were there in the original, yeah. which again, like I said, you could read my review for that. But I loved it. I could watch it a hundred times, but I'm also a yeah. big Dune fan. Yeah. When people keep asking for more um, Lord of the Rings and more Game of Thrones, I was like, what you need to do is Dune. Yeah. And I am so glad that that call was answered. But can we also well, wait, agree? Wait, wait, wait. So what, what, what did you not like? The bagpipes, Ulysses. Oh, oh. oh. Which I can't oh. explain. No, that, that, that. <laughs> we're not going down that rabbit hole. We're almost out of time. We're certainly not going to go down that rabbit hole. But can we say something about Re Rebecca Ferguson in terms of her portrayal of uh, Lady Jessica? What would you like to say about that? I really was impressed specifically that she took the interpretation of the character in a completely different way to the way it's portrayed in the book. In the book, she was like a badass, but it was a little bit more emotionally reserved. In the movie, she was more openly emotional, specifically in terms of the relationship she, she had with her son and her husband. And I bought it. And I really liked the fact that they took some lines of dialogue from Paul and gave it to her. For example, the whole Fears and Mind Killer speech was... I love that speech. Yes, that was Paul doing that during that scene uh, when he was basically being uh, tortured. But it was Jessica who got it. And it works in terms of storytelling because it's a mother trying to calm herself because she's terrified that she's going to lose her son. And I bought, in that scene, I bought the the relationship between her, a mother and her son and the f conflict she had with the Ben, uh, the Ben, the, the, the Jesuit. Yep. Ben Jesuit, mm -hmm. yes. And I like the fact that the way they were the Ben Jesuit are portrayed that are like this uh, witches, um, uh, special forces witches that everybody's scared of and no one wants to talk about and I really like what he did in the movie in terms of presenting them like something very Shakespearean and scary you know what else I like what's that there was no fade so we get that anticipation huh. of that kind of push and pull between Paul and Fade. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you think about it, there wasn't any real reason to have him in the first film. You know, I mean, he plays a much larger role. Yes. Uh, you know, particularly after. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I am mindful of spoilers, but he plays a larger role in the second half of the story. And right, but it creates that anticipation, right? Yes. Well, and there's more room for him because there are going to be some characters in the first film who cycle out, and so you know they're naturally replaced by other characters. Who's going to play? Which him, is by perfectly the way. reasonable. I don't know I don't that know, that role has been cast. Lovely. <laughs> better get used to the basic the metal bikini <laughs> the, yes you know and one thing's for sure it won't be sting this time around but you know the but something, if sting shows up i'm fine with i that. wouldn't have a problem with that either he probably could do it <laughs> yeah you know it's something interesting though about uh what actually about uh, some things uh, shireen that you said and that roberto said in terms of the portrayals and i am forced to conclude that uh, what is happening is that in the interim period between the earlier adaptations and this adaptation of the film uh, we've become more progressive you know I mean and hmm. I, I think it, particularly in the sense because you mentioned Lady Jessica and you know yes uh, the character is written a certain way she is certainly um, subservient to uh, her husband Leto, but this portrayal felt 
uh, dare I, I, and I really don't want to use the word liberated because of what that suggests, but it was a more assertive, to borrow a word you used a couple of minutes ago, Shireen, it was certainly a more assertive kind of portrayal. And I think that we need to sort of look forward to what happens with this character because she being part of the Bene Gesserit order, uh, I, I obviously is a very important part of what happens going forward, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the Fremen uh, and for her, uh, but also her role as Paul's mother. And I, I don't believe that we are done with her, I mean, well, obviously she's his mother through the whole story, but in terms of how she feels about her son and watching her son, uh, you know, particularly now as they have it made her a certain intentionality yes. with regard to, I want him, I want to see if I can bear the Kwisatch Haderach, you know? And, um, you know, because she was just, <laughs> there wasn't exactly that before. And if that's where we are now, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, you not only love your son, but you are prepared to unleash this Monster. uh well i i was they going to say layers of ambition earlier yes than there than you go the thank you you know a much more succinct way oh. to put what i was trying to say i'm sorry mike what were you saying no i just thought of something else um the voice when they use their yeah. their their voice of power so like in previous uh, incarnations of this it was just like they added extra layers to, to it to make it booming you know it was just like it like resonated this time it was creepy it, yes. like, it sounded like a witch voice, man. There was, like, this weird, like, ah, cackle thing going, like, behind it. Like, it had, it was, like, I heard it, and I was, like, I know what he's going to say. I was, like, oh, snap. That's kind of freaky. Like, I liked that, though, because, again, it, it ties to that whole, like, there are these witches who are kind of pulling the strings of, of the whole universe and how things are going to go. And I was, like, okay. I, I like this take on it. I think this is kind of cool. And I love the fact that nobody questions us that this witches basically are manipulating everything behind the scenes. And, and can we also talk well, about manipulating a lot of things? I mean, yeah. don't forget about the yeah. guild. And we didn't yes. see the guild at all. Oh, I love it. Look, <laughs> but we did we... see the guild navigator yes! just, uh, just fully covered, which was really like. Wasn't that another... amazing the design yeah. that they basically. Copy the, cap the Catholic Church design compared with NASA. <laughs> and, they basically and, and so, yes. And so you're like another point of anticipation where you're like, what are the guild navigators going to look like? Yes. This time? Hmm. I'm going to have to go back and look for that because they look I... like astronauts. Like, like, they look like astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> They're the astronauts. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing production design. It's a, brilliant. It's, it's better winning Oscars. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and cinematography. My God. Oh my God! Yes. Oh yeah. It, it, look, it's it's a masterpiece. I mean, everything and yeah. and even it, even down to the extras casting. I mean, and one of the things that I mentioned in my review was that lent to the atmosphere of the whole thing. You know, I had had a very Middle Eastern feel. You know, despite some of the Aztec uh, architecture that you to. mentioned. And yeah. Well, Arrakis is supposed. To, the Fremen are supposed to be Arab people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, Villeneuve really did a good job of, like, hitting some really, like, dead-on scenes. Like, you could tell that this guy has an eye for art. So, like, when he showed the guy taking the time and care to water the palm trees, and then after the attack, 
like you saw them burning. Like the way yes. he shot that, it was just Ooh. like, oh, dude, oh. okay, this guy, this guy knows his crap. You, you want to see an example of great production design? And I'll, I'll leave you with this: the scenes that were set on Caladan look like British paintings on purpose from the 19th century, and um, the inspiration you could see it. Uh, in the terms color of, grading. Yes, yeah. it's on, mm. it's like on point. It's like this looks exactly like a painting I'm seeing in a museum from the 19th century well, I from mean, Britain. Just, just aside from the fact that one is wet and one is dry. I mean, no, that's, but it's, yeah, it's no, 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 no. I, 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 you can feel the moisture versus the air. It I is, hear you know? what you're saying. Yeah, but look. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this episode. I'd like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in. Uh, check out Fantastic Forum via the website at fantasticforum.tv. The show also re-airs each and every Thursday here on WERA from 3 to 4. We're also available as a podcast thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. You can find it on all platforms where you find your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people. Stay safe.